When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Whiskey, Jazz, and Leadership Podcast. Subscribe now so you don't miss a drop of straight talk you can't get anywhere else. We discuss the whiskeys to drink, music to listen to, and what it really takes to be an effective leader. I'm your host, Galen Bingham, the Leadership Strategist. Tonight's guest, Chief Executive Officer of the Honey Baked Ham Company, Jim Dinkins. Hey, what you drink? Like you, I've never heard of a CEO or a business leader of any level, for that matter, talk about something that that didn't work. They usually try to hide that and misdirect and, yeah, look over here <laughs> instead of this thing that uh, was on my plate that didn't work. So you know, how, how do you balance this need for innovation, this need for challenging what's going on around us, this willingness to make mistakes with the very real obligation that you have to deliver performance targets? You know, I, I, I've seen you do that at Coke North America. I can't imagine the multiple that's applied to your current role at Honey Baked Ham, where you've, you, you've got to develop your organization because that's the fuel for the long term, but you've got to deliver some results in the short term as well. H- how do you balance those two? Yeah, I, I think as a leader, you're obligated to do both. And I think how you balance them is you have to allocate the right amount of time and resources against both. So for example, you know, what initiatives do you have that are really going to drive your business and help fuel your growth while at the same time, how are you investing in your future? I mean, you got to do both because if you don't, you won't have a future. You'll just be living in the present. So you've got to find a way to invest in initiatives. And generally, you know, it's a smaller percentage because you're having to deliver it now, but always carving out dollars to invest in ideas that are futuristic and multiple impacts over multiple years and things that that may that you can afford to fail with. And also doing the same thing for your organization, you know, making the time with your organization because you know, you know, investing in people is not a burden. It's it's really uh, the fun part to me about you know working as you got fantastic people you can see and grow. So you've got to carve out the dollars and the time to invest in that in a way that shows you dividends. And I found that's really the secret formula. Yeah. Love that phrase. Secret formula. <laughs> brings, that's right. me, brings me back to my, brings me back to my Coke days. You know, I, I'm, I'm curious if there are, because you've shared a lot of just life principles, you sh- shared a lot of business principles. Uh, I, I wonder how much 
of what you've done, the principles that you've created uh, were transferable to your current role? And then how much of it did you just have to say, hey, look, there's no there's no script to this. Uh, I've just got to make the best of what I've got going on. Because for me, that 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 really does step into this whole metaphor of jazz that, yeah, there, there are some things where yeah, I've seen this before and 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 we can make this decision, but there are some things where you know we just got to kind of feel our way. How does that metaphor sit with you and and how has that shown up in your progression? It's a great question. I mean, one of the things I think whenever you get into a new situation or an unknown situation, the first thing you have to do is just open your mind up to all the possibilities that can be out there. And that's really hard because we get programmed to think a certain way. And, and one of my favorite books, excuse me, is a book called Mindset by Carol Dweck. And it talks about fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. It really talks about, are you looking at things as a specific ends to a mean? Or are you looking at something as a learning opportunity? And how do you look at challenges you run into as a learning opportunity? And I think when you, when you get into new situations or you're faced with difficult decisions, I think it's important to keep that in mind, but I think it's also important to actually assess what type of decision am I making? Mm. When, I was, when I was new in my Coke role as president of Coke North America, sometimes you would have a meeting. I said, okay, am I making a $10,000 decision, a $100,000 decision, or a million-dollar decision? And obviously, the bigger the decision, the more facts and time you need. So I tried to have an open mind at the same time, be clear about what type of decision am I being asked to make and making sure I was, I was thoughtful about that and actually giving more time. And this is going to sound cliche, but the phrase that let me sleep on it, I've used that a lot because even when I've been time pressured, I've had to tell myself or the people that I'm working with, look, look I need 24 hours and I need to roll through this. And it's amazing how clear things can be if you just give yourself a little bit of time to think about it and get all the facts you can. So that's, uh, that's how I approach that. Yeah, depending upon the the number of commas associated with the dollar amount, you might want to pause. <laughs> yes, that's true. Because I've I've been uh, asked to make a fifty million dollar decision in thirty minute meeting, and I was just like, I just can't do that. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not that. I'm not that good. I'm not that equipped. I don't have the information. But you know, it just takes learning from from asking the right questions and knowing what kind of situation you're in, and go and get the facts and taking the time you need. Yeah. Hey, you know, one of the things I'm really excited about right now, and if you've listened to any of the most recent episodes, you you know, I'm on this thing about questions uh, because I I just completed studying with Hal Gregerson at MIT and he wrote the question is the answer. That's the name of his book. He talked about how in the beginning of your career, the way you make a name for yourself is by coming up with the answer. If someone asks you a question, how quickly can you give them the answer? You know, Jim, Jim Dinkins asked for an update. How quickly can you provide the update? But as you progress through your career, everyone's got the answer. The, the, the way you stand out is by asking the questions that will cause the organization to think differently about situations, about opportunity, and just questions become more endearing because the answers answers may change right from time to time and your your point about 
Is this a $50,000 decision or a $50 million decision? I bet you have to ask different questions. Or, or do you ask the same questions regardless of the situation because that's how you think through an opportunity? You know, there's, there's a couple things. I mean, when I, when I try to attack problems, I try to check off some things in my mind as I go through. I, I really try to understand the background, the why, the strategy. I try to understand the numbers, the benefits, the financial side. I talk about the, the implementation aspects of it, the operational dynamics, and then I kind of move to the, the people side of it, the who, the, the dynamics of the organization, those types of things. So that's kind of a little framework that I use. But, but an, another thing that I try to do is I, I just ask people, what would they do if they were me? Mm. You know, I ask people a couple of things that seem to be helpful for me. One is I would say, look, if, if we swap jobs, what would you do and why would you do it? And a lot of times they know a lot more about it than I do. That's the first thing. And then the second thing is, is I, you know, I, I try to ask them to, to think unconstrained, which is what do you think the constraints are? And if they weren't there, what would you do? And sometimes you'll get some really interesting answers. I, I asked a question one time when I was new in a job. And I had a person in my office and they were talking about their business. And I said, you know, hey, if I took you out of this building and put you in a cool warehouse and I gave you the same amount of money, would you do the same thing you're doing now? And they said no. And I asked them why. And they said, because of one, two, three, four and five. And I said, well, we could put you in the warehouse, but I don't think we have to do. It. Why don't you just go do that now? And it just kind of got back to people feeling constrained because of history or reality or something and really putting those constraints on the on the table and trying to figure out how to get rid of them to drive growth. Mm, mm. Another another phrase that you're reminding me of is this idea that flexibility and tradition uh, often make poor bedfellows. And you you've worked for several organizations with incredible history. I mean, like I said at the beginning of this conversation, I don't know that I can say burger fries and another soft drink. It just doesn't roll off. I don't know that I can say Jack and another soft drink. It just, I got to think about it right before that happens. I don't know that I can imagine a Thanksgiving dinner without saying honey baked ham, right? I just, there's tradition there. As a matter of fact, I think if I did say Thanksgiving without honey baked ham, I think my grandmother would come back from the grave and hit me upside the head. You don't want to see her come back from the grave. And quite honestly, I don't want the right cross because she was pretty good. So how, how do you adapt? How do you manage flexibility with you know being responsive to what's going on now, what's, what's being open to what might happen in the future with, with upholding and, and stewarding the tradition that, that you're expected to manage and to develop and to embrace and to love? Well, Galen, first, I think that flexibility is an essential dynamic and skill that any business person or any person, quite frankly, is going to have to have now into the future. I mean, there's a, there's a phrase, I don't know who gets credit for it, but that was said, you know, things have never been this fast and they'll never be this slow again. And so, I think the speed of things is going to just get faster and faster and faster as we face it. So in a business context, you've got to be flexible. I think you have to be nimble. You've got to be agile because the marketplace is just, just moves too fast. Now, 
I think when it comes to tradition, there's a, there's a few things that come across my mind. One of it is culture and the other one is storytelling. And what I mean by culture is I think it's important to size up what kind of situation are you in. So if you're in a turnaround and let's say the building is burning, you don't have a lot of time to weigh too much on tradition. You have to get the facts of the background, but tradition and moving toward the, the, the solution, you're going to have to have a culture that moves that way. If you're in a situation that's a little more stable or something that's faster growing, you can probably lean on traditional harder because it's part of your culture. To me, the nugget is that if you go back and dissect my experience has been a business or something you've been involved in, there was a great idea that started it to begin with. That's the kernel of the culture. And so I think it's really important to take the time to figure out what does that mean? And how do you leverage that in a way that helps build the positive aspects of your culture for your company going forward? Because I think most companies have that. There's, it's in there somewhere, whether it was Phil Knight with the shoes or whether it was Jacob's Pharmacy with Coca-Cola or in my case, at Honey Baked Ham, it was Harry Huntsler that 64 years ago was innovative to figure out how to put this wonderful glaze on a ham and do this technology to cut a ham and spiral slice it without it falling off the bone. And so he wanted people to have a wonderful food experience and have happiness. And so we've coined this phrase called, we want to share honey baked happiness. That's, our, that's what we're trying to do. And so that's just a kernel. So that's how I answer it. It's kind of an and in that you have to be flexible, I think, no matter what you do. But I think the, the, the times you lean on tradition have to do with what situation you're in, but at the same time, there's a nugget there for everybody to leverage and, and help build their culture. Wow. I mean, I, I love that. First of all, I, I love the way you approach marrying the two, the fact that it's not either or, it's both and. And at the same time, it's situational, right? If you've got the luxury, if you've got the time, then yeah, let's embrace the tradition. But if we need to make some things happen, if the if the building is burning, burning, there's no time to admire the architecture. We need to grab some buckets. You know, one, one of my one of my previous guests, uh, actually uh, actually one of my previous guests in season two, is Susan Lindner, and she is a cultural anthropologist, uh, and she's also a speaker. And she works in change management and she leverages so much of what you just said. And she, she said that she got her foundation for the work that she does from studying the prophets, uh, studying people who have changed history with their words. And her point was, and very similar to yours, is that you have to demonstrate that we're not changing the history the history is there and we come from that history. But in order to be successful, in order to have a future, we're going to have to think differently. There's that both and again. So if, if you're listening to this, definitely double back in here. Listen to that conversation with Susan Littner. There is so much connection to what, uh, Jim, what you're doing real time. I mean, this is real time. This is not hypothetical. If I were, this is what you're doing. So hats off to you. Uh, okay, so I got to ask you because you're one of the people that kind of called me on Galen. What, 
what's the name of this podcast? Come on now. Whiskey, jazz, and leadership. I don't really drink whiskey, you know? I mean, socially at football games. Jazz, uh, I can appreciate what it's doing, but I'm not that dude. Leadership, okay, we can have a leadership conversation because I got some stripes and, yeah, I mean, the wounds, not all the wounds have healed. But for me, the connection is, and I wanna, I wanna, sh- I wanna play this metaphor to you and kind of help you tell me whether or not I'm going crazy because in my mind, it connects. Wh- whiskey is just something that I love. And it's about making sure that you're doing what you love and that you're enjoying it because to put in the kind of hours, whether you believe Malcolm Gladwell, whether you believe 10,000 hours, whether you believe that or not, you know, even Gary Vanderchuk will say, in order to get really good, you're going to have to put in a whole lot of work. So you might as well enjoy it. So that's the whiskey piece for me. Jazz is this idea that you might not have sheet music for everything that you got to do. Uh, you might have some guardrails, you might have some ideas, you might have some concepts, but you're going to have to move. You're going to have to shift. You're going to have to take advantage of what's going on. And then in the leadership piece, which you've, you've absolutely hit with, with all force in this conversation, I, I believe that every success and every failure begins and ends with leadership. And so for me, those three fit in my head. How do those three things, whether literally or metaphorically, how do they fit for you? Am I crazy? Do I need to go back to leadership school? No, I think it's very creative. I mean, I think it's really interesting because the first thing you talked about is something you enjoy. And the most successful people, I believe, deep down inside, love what they do. It's not work to them. It's what they it's love what they do. And I think that's really important. And I think the other part of it is it's part of your balance. And, you know, people ask me all the time, because like you said, you know, with careers like ours, you know, you do you do spend a lot of time at work. And what I what I tell people is, you know, balance is like beauty. It's in the eye of the beholder. What do you need for yourself? so that you can feel like you've invested in yourself so you can go invest in others. Mm. And you have to invest in yourself first, whatever that is, whether that's run or whether that's reading the paper or whether that's doing yoga, whether that's riding, listen, whatever it is for you. So I think that's really interesting in terms of your something you love. And I think the other part that you talked about was just what we talked about in this, on, this, on this podcast is flexibility. I believe that if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. But you have to give yourself enough of a corridor to be able to to move up and down and zig and zag more in a lattice than I would say a ladder. And in some ways, you get a better experience that way because you get surprised. One of the best jobs that I ever had was I was uh, head of one of our global customers. And it was a it was a very challenging situation. And people were saying to me, boy, you sure you want to do this? It's a really challenging situation. And it was amazing because I got to travel around the world and work with this customer in our system. And I'd never had that experience, the culture and the people and that kind of thing. So I think the flexibility part is really, really fun. And when you put all those things together, you learn and you can be a better leader. So I think you've got a really interesting combination there. Oh my. Well, I, I feel I feel endorsed now. I feel like 
I can continue with this because Jim Dinkins said I wasn't crazy. You didn't need my endorsement. You're you're well on your well well positioned on your own. Oh well, fantastic. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, this has been an incredible conversation, and um, you like like I said at the beginning, uh, you can read about a lot of leaders. Uh, and you can watch people from afar do amazing things. Uh, but when you get an opportunity to connect with them one-on-one, my experience has been it's 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 only been a select few that can deliver one-on-one what they talk about from main stage. And uh, I, I certainly identified that you were one of those true leaders when I had an opportunity to be in your organization. I can't imagine the great things that you are going to position Honey Baked Ham for in the future. It's just a, it's just an incredibly perfect marriage. And I'm just so excited to have you in my contact list. So thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor to be with you. And, you know, I've, I've been very lucky in my career and, and a lot of it's I had a chance to work with great people like you. So thank you for uh, including me. All right. Well, hey, that sounds like a great place to end this, right? <laughs> once, okay. I, once I get a yes, get out. <laughs> so with that, cheers, my man. Cheers. Thank you. Hey, it's not too late. Hit that subscribe button so you're sure to catch the next episode. If you're really enjoying the vibe, leave us a review or become a VIP for guests and show exclusives. Cheers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.